Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. to the 253rd episode of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Sandy, we just recorded <laughs> a story time. And mics are needed... still hot. Yeah, the mics are still hot. We're, we're just rolling right into the next one. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about this next leg of your trip. What do you got for us? So we flew from Berlin to London, uh, and it was a later in the day flight. So we got breakfast. Uh, this place called Silo in Berlin. If you ever find yourself in Berlin, Silo's a great spot for breakfast. Uh, I've never been to Germany. i got to go. Yeah, it's English-friendly, um, so not too bad. Uh, we fly into uh, Heathrow, and you know how... F- I don't know if you know how far Heathrow is from London proper, but it's a ways away. Yeah, I, I do know. It, it's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, so we took... Uh, Let's see, we took a train that ended up taking about, yeah, an hour to get us from uh, Heathrow to Victoria Station. Um, and we just, we got on the the underground or the, the tube, and it was just like bumbling stop after stop after stop. And I felt like we lost our minds because we were so tired from the traveling. And then, you know, it's not like people really talk on the underground, it's not, you know. Yeah, there was an Asian couple that was like really like the woman was really loud and everyone kept looking at her. I was like, I'm not gonna be that person. I just can't be that person. Um, but we we met our Airbnb host or a friend of the host at the Victoria Rail Station. He thought we were coming through the rail station. I said, No, we're coming from the underground station. So you can mm. imagine the miscommunication there, adding a little bit more stress. But he yep. walked us to this really tiny Airbnb. Smallest Airbnb we've ever stayed in, but it was, we'll call it cozy to be nice. Um, but the first night we got fish and chips at a pub right across the street. And that Cause was- Because why not? Because why not, right? It was also, we didn't want to travel far for dinner. Um, we also just want to eat, like get food in ourselves like uh, really quickly. So we did that the first night, then we went to bed because the next day we bought the uh, we bought this thing called the London Pass, which is a great thing. I don't know if you've ever done this before. The London Pass. I can't remember what we did, to be honest. So the London Pass is like this, uh, like this all-encompassing ticket, where uh-huh. if you spend the one, you get a. It's probably like a hundred and some pounds per person. Okay, no, that's definitely not what we did then. Okay, Say that immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred and some pounds per person, but it covers your entrance into like all the things. Yeah. So we did that. We like. Because we wanted to go into the Tower of London. We wanted to go into St. Paul's Cathedral. We want to do Westminster Abbey. We want to do all, you know, like Churchill's War Rooms, all these things. And it was just nice that, you know, Kensington Palace. And by paying beforehand, you basically got to skip the lines most of the time. But you certainly didn't have to pay again for the ticket. Yeah. And so we basically got up just about value, um, which, which I'm fine with, knowing that, the value that we had gotten for the ticket was like less than what we would have paid at the door. So, okay. So the yeah. first day, you know, we, we go to see tower of London and that's really cool. 
the history there is really cool. They have a, a lot of great exhibits. It starts to downpour, and then I, one of the photos I posted, they have like these ravens on site, like these like royal ravens or whatever. And dude, when they're walking around, these birds are massive. They're like crows on crack, like <laughs> like like they're they're massive, and they like they're not afraid of anybody. So they just walk up to people, and people like get out of the way. Um, you know, we walked there to St. Paul's Cathedral. Uh, and St. Paul's Cathedral was really cool um, because we saw like a lot of people uh, buried in the yeah in the you know downstairs area. not the crypt but the we'll call it the basement I don't know what you call it okay yeah um, and one of the fun things that I took a picture of was uh, here lies the remains of George Dance who I don't know what it was he did but he goes this is what they wrote about this guy this eminent architect was the last surviving member of the original 40 royal academians academicians academics i don't know that's not a real word anymore it's yeah it's a word that doesn't exist anymore it's hard it's hard to read it yeah they're like uh let's see Highly gifted by nature, the superior powers of his mind commanded the admiration and the excellence of his heart, secured to him the affections of all who knew him. After a long, useful, and honorable life, he died universally beloved and respected on the 14th of January, 1825, in the 84th year of his age. And I was like, dude, that's the greatest thing you could have on, like, your headstone. You know what I mean? Like... That's just all positives. No yeah. one, no one, like, no one said nothing. Like, uh, no one blew up your spot, you know. Uh, but it was cool. So, like, walking from St. Peter's or St. Paul's Cathedral across the Millennium Bridge towards the Tate Modern, we did our first high tea at Obliques. And that's an amazing place to do high tea. I don't know if you've ever done high tea before. No, I haven't. We got to do high tea. Uh, I think Elena would love high tea. I think you would love high tea. Um, it's just like you pick your tea, black yeah. teas, green teas, whatever, whatever. And then there's sandwiches, scones, desserts. And at Obliques, it's on the 32nd floor of the Shard, um, that really tall, like, jagged uh, glass building. Yeah. And uh, the way they do it, it's bottomless. So not only is the tea bottomless, but if okay. you, like the four of us, like really put some damage down. They'd be like, yeah, just keep asking for more scones or more desserts, and we'll just happily give it to you. Right. You get two hours to eat as much as you want. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're really just, you're really just kicking it, huh? Just kicking it, man. Um, you know, the next day we uh, we got. So the the big thing that I learned was we don't need to do breakfast. Like, uh, I don't need to make breakfast and lunch reservations for us. I think what we found was we like to just get coffee and like scones or coffee and croissants or whatever, like pastries for breakfast. We can always do like a grab and go, like pret sandwich or, or whatever sandwich or something like a quick grab and go. And then just have dinner reservations, you know? In London, I had breakfast reservations, lunch reservations, high tea reservations, dinner reservations. And it's like, there's too much food. It's just too much food and it's too much time spent eating when we might want to be doing other things. Right. Um, what else? Uh, next day, we actually, so, you know, we got breakfast at this place called the Wolseley, um, which is like a classic, like, English spot. I thought the food was great. 
Um, you know, we ended up going to Buckingham Palace. We saw the changing of the guard. We and then walked by accident. By accident. Okay, I thought I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, by Carolyn's accident. Instagram, I can't remember. Uh, just, I just didn't know just when it happened, across. and we yeah. had like our own walking tour. So like when we walked through Buckingham Palace, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is about to happen in twenty minutes. So we yeah. caught a little bit of it. We walked from there to Westminster Abbey. Westminster Abbey was a really cool spot because we got to walk on the graves of like Charles Darwin. Um, we got to see like these really cool things for kings and queens and, you know, poets and all this stuff. And that was really cool. I also got to see, I got, I I took photos of stuff for like, you know, uh, and Westminster Abbey to like, to the glory of God and in the memory of all ranks of the commandos who fell in the second world war. They had one for commandos, for the army, for paratroopers. And I really liked the little statues that they made of these guys. Cause it's just like. I mean, you know me. This is, you know, Call of Duty, Modern, you know, World War II, uh, all that stuff. Uh, what else did we do after that? We did a, we did a an American twist on high tea the next day because we wanted to do like classic high tea and then twists on things. Um, what was interesting was, have you and Elena ever walked through the Mayfair uh, neighborhood? I I feel like we may have. Wait, where Where is this exactly? That's a good question. Where is it? It's next to... It's next to like this really big park. Um, the only reason why I bring it up is because we were walking along and next thing you know, all the cars in the neighborhood are like super nice. Yeah. It's like Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce, Maybach. <laughs> and like the, 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 the jankiest car on the street was like a Mercedes S-Class, you know? <laughs> Like, so we're like, oh, this is a nice part of town. It's like Range Rover, Lambo, uh, BMW 7 Series, Rolls Royce. It's like, where are we? Where? Why are there so many rolls around here? Um, so, you know, it's certainly an aspirational place to, to try and live one day. Uh, but we did a, an American style on uh, high tea. And I'm looking at the photos right now. And I, I jokingly said to Carolyn, this looks like Applebee's appetizers. You know, but like at a higher sort of like level. So the savory American bites that are based on like what he says is the California California influence was like tuna tartar sandwich with avocado and ginger, a lobster po' boy, a wagyu beef slider, lollipop fried chicken wing, and mac and cheese. And I was just like, I don't know if I like this enough. You know, I felt like we left America to try something else. It was yeah. nice to try, but certainly not nice to do again i think if you don't eat american food often it's certainly a great experience but because we came from america like a fried chicken wing is not something i'm like coming to you guys for you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i do i very much do right like you didn't go all the way to london to be yo you guys can fry chicken better than we can i "I don't think so (laughs) hey they got better oil man (laughs) i don't know about that either um yeah but uh i think one of the coolest things that we did after that was uh we went to the churchill war rooms churchill war rooms are basically the did you ever see that movie with uh, gary oldman no i did not what's that movie called uh it, he plays churchill the oh, darkest hour or finest hour darkest hour wait wait wait. yes i did yes i did you saw that yeah, right? i saw it, i saw it on a plane yeah, yeah it's a great movie so a lot of where that movie takes place is in his wartime bunker 
And yeah. you can actually go and see the wartime bunker. And what I found out was really? That's the, awesome, like dude. the day after the war, they like close the door on the place. They're just like, we're going to leave everything. We're not going to touch it. No one's allowed in. And they just like, they sort of like sealed the door shut until like 20, 30 odd years later. They're like, dude, we should probably go in there and see what's up. Like, what do we have? And so they did a massive inventory. They did all this stuff. And then uh, they basically have it set up the way it would be like and still during World War II. So you see the maps everywhere. You see like the yarn that are like tied to push pins that show like the the front uh, in different theaters. They have like the phones that they still use. They had like how their bedrooms, like these tiny bedrooms for these like four star generals, and also for Churchill and his wife. How they're set up. How the cooks set up their stuff. It's like it's it's amazing. Uh, what was also really cool is it's a guided audio tour, so you don't have to sit there and listen to some dude like a real life person walk you through it, you know, because it's still pretty cramped, but like Carol and I are like walking around, looking at the rooms, pressing the numbers. And like, they did a really good job with the narration. And so, you know, me, World War II buff that I am with definitely one of the highlights of London. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they just like kept most of it, like, uh, untouched, like I'll, I'll see if I can send you a photo just while we're talking. Um, but, uh, you know, after that, we went to this place called the Portland for dinner. If you're ever obviously in that part of town, I very much uh, recommend doing the Portland. Um, what's it called? I just, I think I just sent that to you. Um, I'm just looking at the photos that really help guide this this conversation, so I don't go too off the rails. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Before we did that, we uh, we we rode the London Eye. Oh, that's cool, man. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? Like Holy that's smokes. that's how yeah. they left it like yeah. it's wow. so intense um we uh we took a we walked over to the london eye and they were about to close in like 10 minutes and then we thankfully got on like the literal last like ride of the day and then so we got to ride the big ass ferris wheel and see london at sunset i think that was like really cool to do um and then we walked over to get dinner at the Portland, like I said. Then, you know, the next day we did Kensington Palace. It was really cool to see, like, how, uh, how I forget what, uh, which queen it was that started to live there. I think, whatever. But uh, the guided tour was really cool. Seeing all the rules of all that stuff were really cool. Um, and we went from there we walked to uh, royal albert hall which i thought was really cool um and then we went to this museum the victorian albert museum uh which was free and it was just like such a large museum so we didn't have too much time in there but we definitely saw what we thought was the coolest exhibit which was just like modern photography and then we went to dominique ansel for the final high tea and this was like uh you know the guy who made the cronut no, I don't know the guy that made the cronut. So there's this thing called a cronut. It's a croissant donut, a donut right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like croissant, uh, delicacy, de- the delicateness of a croissant, but with yeah. the flavor of a donut. That and sounds great. Yeah. So he has this place. I'm looking in, it up right now. He has this place in London. Uh, and so the way we did it, uh, you do like savory to sweet. And he talks about it from like seed, a seedling to a full bloom. So, you know, okay. from, from the savory aspect, we had like wild mushrooms. 
uh, with like a comfy garlic. And then we did avocado and feta. And then we did a smoked salmon. We did a Cornish crab salad. We did a steak tartare. And then we got warm scones in the middle with clotted cream. What was cool about the clotted cream with this was that the fresh fruit jam and clotted cream came to you in like a uh, in a strawberry form. So on the outside of so they basically like combine clotted cream with uh, strawberry jam. Now the strawberry jam came in like a meringue esque. Uh, not not meringue in a sense, but there was like a snap to it, you know, like a like a thin layer of chocolate. But the chocolate had a uh, like a strawberry flavoring to it, and then it had like a little like green stem on the top that you could eat as well. That was basically still sugar, but on the inside was clotted cream. And I didn't realize this because I thought I had to spread this over the scone. But like, no, you can just pop these in your mouth. I was like, are, you, are we just out here literally eating? clotted cream now like how what level of like debauchery is it where like oh we're just popping like butter squares in our mouth now you know what i mean like i like butter i like butter on like toast and bread and stuff like that i don't know if i can just yeah. eat butter uh, like yeah like oh let's just scoop some off with a spoon and just eat the butter it's like i don't you gotta no, you gotta give I'm, me a little I'm, bit more I'm, than that absolutely you know what i mean so um so yeah i think that was also a big favorite because the space was really gorgeous I think you and Elena would really appreciate that as well. I think she, if she's a big fan of flowers, um, I think she'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what else? And then we, uh, you know, I think at that point we sort of headed out the next day. Um, we, uh, what we wanted to do that day, and that's where we did Stasher in the morning, which was we, I found through London Pass, uh, a deal for you know 12 or 13 hours or basically the full day if we uh, we dropped our bags off we paid six pounds we could travel hands-free yeah and the idea was we wanted to go from london to paris and we didn't want to uh go from like charles de gaulle i'm sorry from heathrow to charles de gaulle Right. Uh, because it takes so long to get to Heathrow. And then once you get to Charles, it takes so long, right? So we thought, what well, wouldn't it be cool if we took the Eurostar train uh, from uh, from London to Paris? Now, I'm blanking, unfortunately, of the station that you take the train from. Uh, and of course, my phone is freezing up right now naturally yeah but i'm trying to figure out like what's the train station in london that we left from because it certainly wasn't victoria station um and as i quickly look this up i don't think i'm able to find it in time but uh you take the station it's like the international rail station uh one of the international rail stations in london you get on the eurostar train and then you get from there to paris now what's cool about this is you go from downtown london to downtown paris gare de nord or gare de l'est like north station or east station and it's infinitely better than getting to uh charles de gaulle because you're still like you're like in paris right you might not be close to where you need to be in paris but at least you're in the city right so you you've uh you've certainly uh wiped out one thing that you don't need now we uh we were looking and we actually were we got there early and the people there were like oh you know there's a lot of space on this earlier train if you'd like to get on the earlier train by like an hour 
you know, we won't charge you. And I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, maybe it's because the hurricane in the North Atlantic is coming. They're trying to get everyone out there. Carolyn's also like, you know, oh, maybe it's because they just don't have that many seats. So they're just trying to like, you know, force more people through. What's really cool is you do have to go through security. You do have to go through customs, but it felt like an easier thing. You don't, there's no, uh, there's no liquid like limit, you know? Um, they still scan your bags, obviously. You still got to go through uh, all that stuff. But you, like, you can buy a bottle of champagne if you want. You can, huh. you can like, travel with full-size uh, toiletries. Like, that's an amazing thing, dude. How funny is that? That, that? that is just, like, you know, that that's even something that you have to say is, like, is great or, like, that that's a that's a pro like it's it's it sucks that you can't just fly with all that stuff right right i don't and i don't know if we'll ever if we ever will not till you fly private dude oh man and we'll get there yeah one um, of these days. right but uh so we're taking the train and it's nice you know the seats are are sort of uh there's a lot of like leg clearance and carol and i are eating you know we bought sandwiches we uh we're watching uh we watched uh, two things. We watched The Great Hack on Netflix. It's about Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, I watched about half of that. I haven't watched it. I haven't gone back to it for a bit, but it was good. So what I what I did see. Yeah, and then we also saw uh, Building the Mega Tomb for Chernobyl. That was also pretty cool. Oh, I did watch that entirely. That was cool. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, you know, we're making good time, and I'm excited because we're going to get into Paris early, so we can probably go out and grab dinner somewhere, you know? Um, but then all of a sudden, I sort of pass out, and then I wake up and find that the train has stopped. But I don't know where we're stopping or why we're stopping. And then it turns out that the French authorities, the French uh, train authorities, are way more uh, direct with what's going on. And uh, I found out that there's been a fatality on the track. And, oh, wow. and they're trying to, like, you know, find somebody to get there so that uh, they can clean it up in a sense. Wow. And, you know, we were 20 minutes from our final destination, Reza. 20 Yeesh. minutes. And we were stuck there for over two hours. Wow. So by the time you get off the train, you're exhausted. You're frustrated. Everyone's frustrated. Naturally. And it turns out that Eurostar, thankfully, um, allows you to file for a partial refund on these tickets, depending on how late you are. And so Carolyn has done that. We're going to find out how long uh, or how much we get back. Yeah. We get to Gare du Nord, and unfortunately, at night, it's a little, uh, it's a little seedy, you know? <laughs> um, there's people standing around. You don't really know why they're standing around. You know what I mean? It's like when we were in Brazil. And you walk around certain yes. parts, you're just like, why are people just Sweet. standing around? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right? Like you're not you're not you're not like targeting anybody and you're also not like making like wild generalizations about people. But if you just saw a bunch of dudes just yeah, like standing yeah. around, you'd be like, Should I be here? Are we yeah. are we are we good? Do you know, like and so we walked around um to this uh the way that our Airbnb worked, it was um, 
they had the key at a hostel. Like the hostel had a lockbox. You go to the lockbox. Yeah, you grab the key. And I know I'm sort of tripping into Paris a little bit, but you know, we'll we'll wrap this up soon because technically this is still the the what's it called day. This is still part of London. The whole day yeah. of traveling. Yeah. And this is now past midnight where we're standing in line and like the uh, the hostel that's close to his place is a party hostel. So we get there. The bar is bumping. Music is loud. People are drinking. And we're standing in line. We're a little bit tired, certainly. We're hungry, certainly. And so we get to the front. And the guy speaks like three languages. And unfortunately, like the key, like the, the number that we were supposed to have him input into the system doesn't match what uh what he has on file you know which is certainly a uh certainly something you want and then so i said hey listen it's only off by a number let's just try it something doesn't engender a lot of confidence when you're like oh you know the super secret and the super secret code that you should match character for character is off now granted you might be like oh you know it's only off by one character but still like if if the uh, if the host is like super adamant that you match it, then like being off by a character does give you a pause. Um, but you know, we walk over, and as we're walking, dude, from the hostel to the apartment, there's like three police cars on the corner shaking these guys down. And I'm like, where are we staying? <laughs> What is going on, man? What is going on? We need an undo button. Right? But thankfully, once we get to the Airbnb, which is on the fifth floor, and I thought like, oh, most of these buildings are going to be, you know, walk-ups. So if we're on the fifth floor, we're on the fifth floor. It is what it is. You know, these older cities aren't really retrofitted with uh, elevators. But boy, was I wrong. Because we get in, and it looked like there was a brand new elevator, so we took the elevator up so I didn't have to lug both of our bags up five floors. That's certainly a nice thing at, like, one in the morning when you're finding out that, you know, you have an elevator versus you need to rely on the energy you don't have. Um, we get there, and the, uh, the, uh, the Airbnb is really nice. It's got all these really great touches. The best touch, dude, is this super advanced toilet. Yeah, so let me tell you about this toilet. You, you, it's like a Japanese toilet, so you know it's high quality. Yeah, you lift up the lid, and it like has like this like audible ring to it, or like a little tone. It's like a doo doo. That would probably be annoying in the middle of the night. Nah, dude. Because let me tell you something. Every time you sat down on the seat, it was warm. It warmed That's the seat so up for funny. you, dude. How nice is that? You ever sit? Nice. You sit on cool. You sit on cold porcelain. On those long winter nights, and the, the, that sucks, dude. <laughs> you and I both know that sucks. Fair enough. Um, so like, oh, that, and there was also a bidet, dude. Yeah, naturally. I mean, bidets. I'm all about bidets. I use a bidet every time I could, every every chance I could. Every yeah. And you just feel cleaner. You feel it's so much cleaner. Yeah. Anyways, so I mean, that's that's London leading into Paris. So I figure we just call it here. But London was great. Uh, Carolyn said that she she fell in love with London and would love to go back. So, yeah, yeah, man. All right. She, well, yeah. I don't think I have any questions about it. So yeah, let's let's uh we'll leave it here. All right. Um, I'm Russell. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys next week.